So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing episode 10 of season five, Love After Lockup. On this episode, Justine and Michael tell Michael's mom about the pregnancy. Nathan and Skylar celebrate Halloween. Derek and Monique try make peace with the sisters. Ashley and Travis have a pregnancy scare. And Cameron is hungover, much to the annoyance of Eris. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going for you on this President's Day? I was just going to wish you a happy President's Day. <laughs> yeah, all those presidents I know got their cards and, you know, things in the mail. I don't know. I don't know what we're actually supposed to be like celebrating, but whatever. It's a day <laughs> off work. Yes, uh, I will be happy to celebrate that. <laughs> all right. So let's get started. I'm going to start with Nathan and Skylar. So apparently after many attempts, Skylar and Nathan finally had a good night together, even though I don't even think we saw it, but it's the next morning and they're getting, they're going to get some pumpkins for Halloween. So Skylar thinks that it's a better option tonight to find something to do that doesn't involve them both getting loaded. So maybe it's a better idea to do something like maybe they'll go to a haunted trail and then they'll invite some people to come along, but they have to find the right people because they still don't want this haunted trail to get too turned up. So Nathan suggests his brother because he's home and sober and Skylar's a little apprehensive since she's heard some of the stories about Nathan and his brother and their wild times in the past. So they talk, they start to talk about like what costumes they'll wear tonight and they end up on Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein because it's Nathan's rebirth as a new man, which makes me think I don't think he ever actually read Frankenstein. No, definitely not. Of course, he says that tonight might be the night he pops the question. So then there's a lot of boob jokes about the pumpkins and the commercial segment. And Nathan tells us about Halloween in prison where the treats don't come without tricks. So stay away from the candy. Skylar tells us how she's not a boring bitch. So, you know, she picks out all the ugly pumpkins. That was her big thing. It's like, I like the ugly Charlie Brown pumpkins. <laughs> so then it's dark and every and everybody comes, the group comes all costumed up for the haunted trail. Although costume is a loose term. It was pretty much just like some people wore makeup and some people wore masks um, and regular clothes. So Nathan tells his brother that he's thinking of proposing tonight, but his brother thinks they're just moving too fast. So then they film most of the haunted trail, which is like a graveyard with punny things on it. And then, you know, it was, I don't know, not much. It was kind of boring to watch them go through a haunted trail. Filming of a haunted trail is pretty dry. Like, I'll say that. So at some certain points, different people are talking to different people. And her friend uh, Katie is talking to Nathan's brother. And then basically everybody in the scene is pretty much talking about how they don't fully trust all the other people in the scene. So – at, at, towards the end of the scene, he he makes it seem like he's going to propose, like, oh, you know, you mean so much to me and I love you so much, but then doesn't. And then we see a title card. Where we learn they're still trying to get their own place, move out of, you know, great grandma's old man pants place. Gosh. And uh, he still has not still has this ring that he bought that isn't he's not proposing with. So that leaves us that is where we leave with them. So, I mean, at this point. With all these fake outs, is it? Do you think it's likely he'll ever even propose? I don't think so. Um, I think he just was too 
I don't know, image conscious to admit that he was wrong in rushing things. Uh And I don't think that they will get to the point where they really do want to get married. It is kind of interesting, though, because, I mean, he made it sound like and we know he's kind of a liar to make himself look a certain way. For sure. But he certainly made it seem like this was something that they had talked about. She had talked about the kind of ring that she wanted. She had talked about, you know, that she wanted uh, a real big fake diamond as opposed to a small real diamond and mm-hmm. like she was and it, it, he definitely made it sound like they've been talking about this and well, we didn't even sound like that didn't we hear her say that like on the phone right yeah yeah so i mean it just it's like well now you've got reality i just think that they were certainly living in this kind of like fairy tale like oh you know this is uh Pipe dreams, you know, things to look forward to in the future. And I think he took it maybe a little bit too seriously. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely I de- we've also definitely seen time and time again that the people who are locked up definitely kind of have this image of how things are going to work when they leave. Yeah. And then that's not they think they they think they know how they're going to feel when they're free again. And mm-hmm. they don't. And they feel yeah. differently than they thought they would. And a lot of times the that relationship or that over thing feels like more confining than they mm-hmm. want it to be that when they when they get this freedom. So yeah, I could see and, and but I feel like he should have done it because they've said it before. People have been like, oh that's just prison talk. Like yeah. you we know that, right? We know what's gonna happen when he gets out. Yeah. Um and so him ha- being more familiar with it, I think he would have been a little bit better prepared for some of the changes that came up that came about when it came up, but I don't right. know. I just think especially because it just seems like her priority is getting the heck out of grandma's house. Yes. You know? So it's like, okay, well you just sunk a bunch of money into this ring that could have got you out of the house. Maybe. I don't which know. Which would have progressed their relationship forward more than what's happening now. No, I definitely yeah, it it is and we've we see this in other places in the show that like it is kind of crazy how much your relationship is hindered and hurt just by not buying having your own place. And not even like – and they were like alone, but it's like still not your guys' place. It's not right. yours. That makes yeah. – it does make a huge difference in terms of how smooth things go. Yeah. I definitely think it brings about a certain type of stress. Yeah. To be feeling like you're in somebody else's space. Absolutely. Yeah. So why don't we actually move on to another couple who was living with a family member, and that's Travis and Ashley. So Travis and Ashley are in their car with the pool floaties inflated for some reason Weird. as Travis is trying to <sighs> desperately keep them out of his way with his one arm while he's driving. I feel like it's a metaphor for the whole show. The whole I show. Know, right? like, I have a solution for you. Like, let me take two more seconds and think and I, I can solve this problem oh for you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> Ashley, is, Ashley is nervous about meeting up with Ginny, Travis's mom, because she's still feeling some kind of way about Ginny thinking they shouldn't be getting married right now. Ashley's also hungover, so she's not ready for the kind of energy Ginny's bringing. Ashley avoids giving Ginny a hug when they get to her house and leaves Travis and Ginny to unpack. Ginny apologizes to Travis, saying that she wasn't meaning to push them away by saying they shouldn't get married. Travis just asks her to give Ashley a fair chance, and Ginny says, of course she will. Ginny then goes to talk to Ashley, and Ashley asks what made her try to tell Travis what to do as a grown adult. Ginny apologizes and said she would be happy if they just got married tomorrow. 
Ashley cries. I feel like we always hear this, oh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And reassures her that she loves Travis and wants to be part of this family. Ginny says as long as Ashley knows who wears the crown around there, that mm. things will be fine. Later, Travis and Ashley and Teddy the dog are cuddling in bed. Travis is in a good mood, thinking that things are going to be okay. And Ashley then tells him she's been late for like three weeks. And Travis wonders if maybe it's just the stress. It could be anything other than a baby and asks why she didn't say anything to him sooner. And Travis doesn't think that this is the best time, uh, but it could possibly be the worst time. So Ashley, you know, takes a pregnancy test and, uh, you know, she's off to go take it. And Ashley says that they have a place, so everything's okay. But Travis says, nah, this isn't their place. And he's just worried about how he's going to financially provide. Like, is he going to have to go back to stealing? Question mark. He is super relieved to find that both tests say that she is negative for pregnancy. Ashley is relieved, so she wants to go drinking again tonight, you know, Mm. completely forgetting about the fact that she got bombed the night before when she could have been pregnant, but whatever. (laughs) Travis then says that their love is strained, so he wants to reel it back. He doesn't know what's going to happen as his mom is cleaning up their pool floaties and Ashley is lighting up a cigarette. So we find out in the title card that shortly after filming, Travis and Ashley broke up. And Ashley is enjoying being single, whereas, who knows, maybe Travis has someone else because they didn't say anything about Travis being single. They didn't say anything about Travis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Does their breakup surprise you at all? No. Like, no. They were were kind of a – it's funny because I don't think – they just didn't – they just didn't mesh together. Like, I think – Right. And and I kind of – from at least what we saw in the film, it was like mm-hmm. mostly on her. Like she just could not handle being in a relationship no. like, at all. Okay. She couldn't handle life. Like forget yeah. being in a rela- relationship. She was just like so emotionally fragile. And yeah. that is such a turnoff because I can only imagine as a partner who is personally, Travis, going through a bunch of crap himself. He just got out of prison. Like, having to be, like, the emotional, physical, and financial support for someone else. Mm -hmm. I don't... In what world would you want that for yourself? Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, especially the amount of time he had to take emotionally. Like, that Mm -hmm. was... That was the one that got me, is the emotion... My my goodness, the emotional support that lady requires is just... Uh, off the charts like yes, I, I don't know that i could do constantly it constantly crying and then on top of that it's like then she's putting like one of i would say her assets of the relationship and then turning it around and being like okay now you have to provide i've been providing so far it's your turn like when she said that to him yeah and it was so far it was like so far as how long because and which is another question which brings me right. to another question how long were they out together <sighs> Maybe a month. Okay, because my question was because I, maybe other people have different, you know, habits than me. But I feel like when I was married, I would have definitely known if someone was three weeks late. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That wouldn't Uh, have been something they would have had to tell me. I'd have been like, um, seems like it's been a while. (laughs) Like, well, I don't know. There's other things like, um, I mean, full disclosure. Like, I don't have a period anymore because I have a. IUD. Well, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, no. And if my partner was, if if 
if you were my partner, then I would know. I, I actually knew that already, but yes, I know that. And <laughs> I, I would not be expecting it. I talk about how great it is all the time. Right. <laughs> but like, you know, the other people I've been with, if it's like, I, you know what their situation is, right? That would be something that I wouldn't be worried. And if it was the first month, then you're like, eh, okay, this is new. But if it was like somebody I had been with, I would know if it had been seven weeks I don't since know. we had to be like, hmm. Maybe not tonight, you know? Okay, once, one, Travis has been in prison for a long time, and we don't really know his relationship history. But I would venture a guess that there are probably some men out there that have not lived with a woman before Mm. or not been in a serious relationship. And they're also, you know, it sounds like he might have been an only child. Like, that's not – and he's kind of from the South, too. I want to say that that's not – things you openly discuss. There's there's a element of taboo for people that age. I think we're getting better in that this is more of a common speak. People are open about talking about menstruation um, at a younger age, uh, men and women, you know. But I, given his age, given like, yeah. you know, he's from the South, polite, given that he's been in prison for 12 years – Given that he might not have had relationships, I don't think that's something that perhaps like women have freely talked to him about. And so he might just not have a clue. And it's just like, well, that's that's the woman's part. You figure out your own body. Like, I'll be here for the fun stuff. And maybe it's because I spent so much time in just a committed relationship with somebody that Mm -hmm. it was just like, well, yeah, I know like. Every, every, every once a month, we're going to have to take a break for a little while. Like, right. Like and that. And so I'm used to that kind of rhythm of that relationship where if it's mm-hmm. like you've only ever hooked up with people, right, yeah. and didn't have like long-term relationships or anything, then sure. it would just be like, well, we hooked up and that was it. Like I didn't have to – I didn't – Yeah, I, like you're not with them every day that you would pay attention to those kinds of things. But I don't know. Like sometimes people are just like, oh, not now. And like, you know, you respect your space and you just don't talk about, oh, well, I was what? menstruating. That's why I didn't want to have sex. You know, you just say, oh, not today. I, I could picture Ashley being like that. She's very like Oh, I could – well, I moody. also could, I could I could picture her not being in the mood like most yeah. of the time, right? Well, because she's crying, right? Yes, and right, right, right. I guess you could have sex while crying, but I, you know, it's like mm. she's going to be upset over something. So, yeah. oh, not now, not today, or whatever. Yeah. Well, I'm also, I also don't get people that aren't consistently paranoid about about pregnancy when they're when they're, <laughs> when they're doing it. I'm just like, I don't get it. Like, and that's where the lack. As we talk about the lack of birth control all the time, because like, I don't know how people can do unfair, it. It's kind of unfair, but I think that you know there is a certain like generation of men who have always just kind of left it up to women, and like in a way where it's like they don't think about it they just assume sometimes like to their detriment yeah, that's true that too. the women are handling it yeah well right? if yeah if i needed to do something she would have told me i needed to do something right right <laughs> so yeah yeah and not everyone's responsible so that's a bad it's a bad yeah. idea <laughs> that's a terrible idea yes i yeah, know you should discuss and verify enough women that don't do what they need to be doing right, you know? so don't right. tell them in that yes Everybody, everybody needs to talk about these things, right? Yeah, yeah. For your own peace of mind, don't just leave yeah, it up to someone it. else. Yeah. Well, people, I think people just tend to have it tends to, tend to go with people who, and it's common in this show again, who mm-hmm. think that if I just ignore my problems, they'll go away. Yeah. And so that's this true. is a problem I don't want to think about, so I'm just going to ignore it, and then I won't have to worry about it because I'm ignoring it. Right. All right. So 
Moving on, let's go to let's go to Eris and Cameron because they were a little bit shorter too. So it's now the morning after Cameron's drunken escapades and the ones that took up the last two episodes. So he's sleeping it off on the couch in the hotel and he's cuddling with his sneaker. <laughs> so Eris is mad because they need to get going and she – A, they needed to get going. But B, also he snored like a bear all night long. So I know that you, Miss H, would be thinking oh divorce already yes, just right now. I'd be like, like we're done. I'm out of here. <laughs> so – She's not feeling good that this is where they are at two days after the wedding. So she throws a pen at him to let him know she's leaving because he's still asleep and then just like walks out the ho- walks out the hotel room. So Cameron doesn't remember anything really from last night. He knows he got back to the hotel, but not how. Doesn't know where his ring is and can't remember any of the words Eris said to him because he says when he's drunk, everybody just sounds like the Charlie Brown teachers except for the words fried chicken. <laughs> so he doesn't feel like he did anything wrong because – yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit wrong, but on the list of – it seems like his entire list of things I can do wrong is number one, cheating. End of list. Yeah. So it wasn't cheating, so it wasn't wrong. Well, he doesn't remember either, so I don't know. Right, right. That, that's weird. It's like I, I can't remember what I did, but whatever it was, I know it wasn't wrong. Like, right. That's very bold. So he came up to see – he does eventually get up and have some hair of a dog and call her to see where she is. And then comes down to find her in the hotel lobby. So first he asks about like if she knows where his ring is because he couldn't find it. And she has it because he threw it at her. He doesn't remember doing that and therefore can't explain why he threw it at her. So he says it's going to take a little bit of time to get used to things because, you know, he hasn't been able to drink in prison and his tolerance is way down. So he needs to build that back up. So it's just going to take more drinking. That's the solution here. (laughs) Um, Anyway, but she does bring up that he literally already had to go back to detention for drinking and he's still drinking. So he says that this isn't the same cycle that it was on before because, you know, she was just like, I'm afraid you're getting caught on the same cycle. He's like, yeah, but this time I didn't get arrested. So it's not the same cycle. It's a different (laughs) cycle. So he feels like the only limit he should have is, you know, that he doesn't go back to jail and doesn't also doesn't want people monitoring him like her. So he's a human being. He should be giving. He should be forgiven for getting blackout drunk. And then also that one mistake shouldn't have – there shouldn't be one mistake that has her questioning the marriage, which I think there's – I can think of a pretty long list of one mistake that can – should bring into question the marriage. But anyway, at this point, Cameron's just trying to get his ring back from Eris and he thinks he shouldn't be held accountable for something he did while drunk. So he doesn't remember doing it. So does it count, right? Why is it that severe? So now she asks what's going to happen these next 60 days while she's in Florida. He says it's nothing to worry about and he's just going to sit his ass down, try to make some money and then come down to Florida with her. So she gives him the ring back and tells him the partying must subside a little bit so that he can be a better role model for Lena. Then they say their goodbyes and he goes with her to the airport. So he says in an interview that he does know he was in the wrong and knows he needs and is knows he needs to think of some other safeguards so that he you know can stop himself from doing that again. So on the title card, Eris and Lena are still waiting for Cam to make his way down to Florida and they said he's mostly been not binge drinking. So, I mean, geez. I mean, I guess at some point – and this is tricky because it is just one night that we saw him drinking. But, I mean, do we think he has a serious alcohol problem? Uh, No, I think he's just like a partier. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't – I think (coughs) – okay. So he parties. But I guess if he can't say no, 
then that is when it really is a problem, like he's an alcoholic. But quite honestly, I just don't know if he's motivated to say no. Uh-huh. Well, that so, to me is the thing. Like that, 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 getting as drunk as he got, mm-hmm. that does not necessarily indicate a problem to me. Right. Getting as drunk as he got when it got you thrown back in jail and they're like, if you get this drunk again, they're going to throw you back in jail and he still does it. Yes. That's where we're getting into problem territory. Right, right. And I agree with that. But like other than – you know, like, well, you know, I didn't want to annoy my wife. I don't think that's enough to keep him from not drinking. Yes. No, no. It has to be. It has to be. I don't know what else it would be besides jail, honestly. Right. So it's like, I, I think the only thing that he'd be really motivated by, well, he should be motivated. And if he isn't, then it'd be like, this is a problem is, okay, you're going to go to prison. Um, you'll lose your job. Anything that has like big life consequences. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he really thinks of losing his wife as a big life consequence because I get the feeling that Cameron thinks he can sweet talk her like back, you oh, know, so yeah, it's like true. if I mess up, not a big deal. I can fix mm-hmm. that. But if I mess up with prison, can't really fix that. If I mess up losing a job, can't really fix that. Yeah, yeah, he's not gonna be able to sweet talk his way back into right. a job. I don't know. He's, he's a just, talker. Oh, he is, but he's mm-hmm. also a, fr- a frustrating person to deal with. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming because it seems like when you say, "Hey, Cameron, don't do this," he goes, "Don't get caught doing that." Gotcha. And it's like that's not <laughs> what I said. I said, "Don't do yeah. this," and he's like, "Don't get caught." Okay, <laughs> like that's yeah. right. And that, and he also thinks he can get. He th- always thinks he's not gonna get caught. Right, right. He's um he's tough because he is a charmer and he is a talker. And it's like I really wanted to believe his conversation like right before this drunken night, right, about how, you know, he wants to be uh, a good role model for Lena. He's a stepdad now. He's a husband. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to turn things around. It's like you want to believe him um, because especially you saw the kind of relationship he had with Lena. It's like, oh, yeah. oh, that's great. Like, it definitely seems like you have rapport. You have a relationship. She seems to really like you, you know, keep it up. And then you do the thing that you say you're not going to do now that you're a dad. So it's like, oof, I don't know. I, but I think his argument would just be like, but she's in Florida. I'm not going to do that in front of her. I know. Right. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I just feel like he's just having fun right now. Yes. And he's just like, uh, let me just party it out of my system. You know, I'll, I'll get to where you want me to be, a responsible member of society who's yeah. not drunk all the time. I'll get there, but, you know, let me just have some fun right now. Yeah, it's a matter of I don't know how long his timeline of have some fun is because I definitely yeah. know people who do that. And then they're like – then they're like 35 and they're like, wait, what? I'm, I'm supposed to be have done stuff yet? What? <laughs> everybody, everybody did things already? I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> 35 is not too old to stop partying. No, but I'm saying if you're if you're to the point of the 35 before you have like a job that you held down for six months because you were partying all the time, you know, it was like those kind of things. I'm not saying you have to stop partying when you're 35, but that part of I'll start I'll stop partying and start my life. And then there's always that one person who blinks too late and you're like, wait, everybody else started their life. Yeah. Crap. <laughs> yeah. I missed that boat. What's happening over there? I don't know. Um, somebody was making dinner. That's what's happening. Oh, and they were in the cabinet. So it was noisy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, let's move on to Derek and Monique. So Derek is driving with Monique and calls Darren, his brother, and asks him to round up the siblings and meet them at the park. 
Darren says eh, he's allergic to grass, but he agrees to show up. And Derek warns him that he doesn't want any drama and they all better be on their best behavior. Derek is planning a cookout with the family, so he's going grocery shopping with Monique. He's hopeful that things go well, and if they do, then he plans on proposing to Monique real soon, as he says. Monique says that she will try to be open-minded with the family if they're apologetic, but she's also ready to fight. Derek and Monique are both at the park trying to get the cooking started. Neither of them really seem to know how to cook, but they, they definitely m- don't. <laughs> no. But they manage to get something going when Derek's dad, Big Ma, and Aunt show up. Derek enjoys his first hot dog in a long time. And, but Derek is getting a little concerned that his sisters aren't going to show up. Monique doubts an apology is coming if they're being this disrespectful and showing up so late. Derek thinks this follows the same pattern of them saying they're going to be there, but just not showing up like when he was in prison. Big Ma gives him advice to not let the sisters bother him or Monique as she calls it a day. Derek is disappointed that he put in all this effort, but then his sisters uh, finally show up as Derek tells Monique, yeah, just who cares? Keep driving. So Derek tells his sisters that they waited for so long and they didn't show up. So then they get mad and say they'll smack the shit out of Monique for some reason. Mm. And then Monique starts to fight back as his one sister is on the ground claiming she got hit by the car, just being super dramatic and over the top. Derek tells Monique to just leave. And they're in some kind of car chase again as they're trying to meet up with producers, but also to try to get away from his sisters this time. Monique is giving up, but insists that Derek calls his sisters or she'll just, you know, make him leave the car. And then Derek and Monique start fighting and calling each other's names. And then Monique is tired of having to watch her back. And she didn't think being with Derek would be like this. Derek says he doesn't want this kind of drama. He thinks that there's a lot of outside noise, but he's also but he also doesn't want to propose now. Monique wants to pack her bags and leave as Derek has to take an Uber to the hotel because Monique kicked him out of the car. Monique is driving away and the producer asks her if she's done and she says that she's not sure. She says that a lot of hurtful things were said and she's not sure how to forgive him. She thinks that she will never let a man walk all over her and disrespect her again. So back in Chicago, Monique is planning on going out with her sister, Calandra. Monique knows that Calandra doesn't trust uh, Derek because a girl reached out to her to tell her that Derek had been at her house. And then she had all these receipts to show that Derek had been messing with her. She was possibly mad because she thought she was going to be with him. And so uh, he never told her that he had a girlfriend. Monique says that's the ultimate disrespect. She calls Derek and he says he's at this restaurant Reds and she demands for him to do a full 360 video walk around. And we see a girl and he says it's his homie's girlfriend. And then Monique asks all these probing questions about the full plate of food next to him, but no one's sitting there. And then he just mysteriously hangs up. Monique is considering taking Derek back as she still monitors his phone and is contemplating another trip to Ohio. And we know that something is happening because uh, they're going to be on our screens even next week with the new uh, Life After Lockup. Mm-hmm. All right. So I don't know. Do you think that we're going to get the same played out storyline again with Life Life After Lockup? I think we might get something a little bit changed. I think we're going to get 
depends on what you mean by the same played out storyline. Like, well, fighting with the sisters, and uh, yeah, I mean, this time I think he act he totally cheated on her. And, oh yeah, for um, sure. So we're gonna have that to deal with, and we're gonna have him trying to sweet talk her back, but um, she'll take him back. Um, and yeah, it's so frustrating to me when you get the women who say like, "Oh, I'll never let a man treat me like this again," and then it's like two seconds later they're with the guy that treated them like that, and they're still doing it. Yes, right. And nothing's changed. Like he, there will be no actual evidence of any kind of change in the relationship before they get back together. Right. Like that, that's just gonna. That's just gonna happen. Um, I hope we're done with the sisters now. The sister thing made a little more sense. I had to remember he was like, "Oh, she thought the big dramatic chase that made her cry and like freaked her out. She right. thought that was the sisters, and she thought yeah. that was gonna happen again." Yeah. Like that's what's going to happen right now. They're going to chase mm-hmm. us down and there's going to be like – they might have a gun. Like I don't know what's going on. Even though it was the woman that he was cheating on her with. Right. <laughs> that was a different thing. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm pretty tired of the sisters because they – Oh, they are terrible. Especially that one. I can't remember. The, the, one the, of them's Elizabeth, Aubrey. I think. I think Elizabeth is the one that is okay. awful. The one who yeah. did the, the the thing from like Friday. My neck. My neck and my back. Right? That, that yes. girl. Yes. Yes. It, you could just tell she's just overacting every time. Like her like – Yes. The car didn't even hit her. She like ran – she ran into the car – Puts herself on the floor and being like, ah, ah, you hit me with your car. It's like, really? Come on now. Yeah, but get even up. when she's even when she's not doing silly stuff like that, everything is just, oh, you better shut the shit up. We're gonna smack the shit out of you. Who are you yeah. talking to? Like it's always like, come on, do you really come at people like that? Yeah. Is that how you like like from the first place? She did that when they showed up, but I think they said it was four and a half hours after they yes. were supposed to be there. Right. Like I, I that's that's crazy. Like why, why were you even there four and a half hours? And like of course, unless and then they just happened. Like oh, if you would have left three and a half hours or four hours and fifteen minutes into your right. wait, like the sisters wouldn't have been there. So I feel like there's a little bit of some production planting going on there, some oh, some behind absolutely. the scenes manipulation. Yeah, for sure. Um, that it was, but it was like it just isn't. It, they're just they're not serious people, and like no. And so, yeah, I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing them. Um, but that's the other thing too: is this 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 CO, this other woman that he was with. I don't get. That's a story we see all the time that I just don't understand. I don't understand if you're the other woman because mm-hmm. her. You, I know what her what her thought process is. It's hey, he's cheating with me. I have the receipts. I can get him to break up with his with his other woman. Yeah, right. So then he'll be all mine. And it's like I don't understand how you don't. How anybody doesn't see, you know, that movie ends with him cheating on you, right? Like, because that's what's going to happen. But that is the funny part, because I do feel like that's the reason why they do it is because they're just like, well, I'll get rid of the competition by letting them know. It's like, well, you stuck around even though he has someone. Why do you why do you think that they're any different, that they wouldn't stick around even though he's messing around with someone? Yeah, that's true. Like you were fine being in the relationship, knowing that he's, yeah. he's messing with somebody else. Yeah. Right? But they're like because they're the other the other woman, and so it's, right. it is it is a little bit like, yeah, you get, get rid of, you're right, get rid of the competition just by telling her, and it's like mm, I think that just makes her aware of the competition. And we saw this with uh, what's her face in Boston, right? Yes, I was just thinking that Ty in Boston, yeah, and Hottie, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. It's just that both of them are like, no, 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 he's actually he actually likes me better. So you need right. to. Right. And then they off. just fight with each other like over. Yeah. Who he has over a guy who's affected. cheating on both of them. Right. It's like so this crazy. is no prize. <laughs> like Derek is no prize in this situation. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. Because he's just going to get rid of one of you and more like one of you is going to bow out. Right. Right. Because you're like, I'm not putting up with that. And then he'll just get someone else. But somebody who, yeah, somebody who's willing to cheat like he's willing to cheat like that is just going to find somebody. He's going to get yeah. somebody else. He's not going to stick with one person. Absolutely right. not. Which is why it confuses me that he was even so ready to like, even if it's fake, it's like, why are you trying to propose to Monique? Has she pressured you into that? Because once again, I don't understand what his motivation for doing it is if he's going to insist on having these other relationships. No one's telling you to do that. Right. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I so mean, why are you going to offer up more commitment when no one's asking or demanding that of you? Well, commit, no commitment is really easy to offer up. If right. That's you true. Have no intention of following through with it. <laughs> Yeah, but then it's like, but why even go through the trouble? It just makes no sense to me. I, yeah, I can't. I can't figure out why he wants her around. It seems to me like if I'm him, I would just. She would just be like, "That's it, we're done." I'll be like, "Okay, next up." Like, yeah, right. So yeah, I don't. I don't understand that either. It's just that weird loyalty thing they got going on. Yeah, I do not get that at all. All right, so moving on, let's go to Justine and Michael. That's the last one. So things are, seem pretty tense when we first get to Justine and Michael. And it's because Justine's mom dragged it out of her last episode that she's pregnant. And that was not really in the plan to tell her. And so everybody's upset. So she, she mostly blames her mom's manipulation, but then also blames Michael for being late and giving her more time to be manipulative. Plus him being late was like a disappointment anyway, because – she kind of felt like it was a you have one job type of thing. Like my mom already doesn't like you. You couldn't even show up on time. So Michael says he doesn't want to make excuses, but does have one excuse that he always stays until the job is done. And he's not going to like leave it. If something's happening and a job gets started at 450, he can't just bow out at five o'clock. So they both apologize to each other. And now that the cat is out of the bag about the pregnancy, decide maybe it's time to tell well her kids, but maybe not his family just yet. So now she feels like she's going to be in the same situation as when they were about to get married. Like everybody on her side knows, nobody on his side knows. They're keeping secrets from his family. It's his idea, but they're going to blame her. So in the next scene, Justine, Michael, and her mother are going out to ice cream with the kids. And at the ice cream shop, like Michael's trying to explain chess and that thing, oh, the queen is the luxury, the most powerful piece. But then she points out like, you know, all the little pawns that the king and queen are going to have to be responsible for. <laughs> And then they get ready to tell the kids that there's uh, one more pawn on the way. So they announce it by getting one Sunday too many and then just being like, this one's for the baby. So the kids are taken aback and Justine tells them tells them when they ask that she's hoping for a girl so she can do things with that girl that she didn't get to do with Kylie, which understandably makes Kylie feel bad. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> She feels like she's going to miss everything with this new sister because, you know, she's like 17 and she's not going to be there for very much longer. And then Justine takes her aside to talk to her while Bentley tells us his ideas for the baby's name. Chad if it's a boy and Chad if it's a girl. Okay. So anyway, Justine takes Kylie aside um, and tries to explain what she what, – what I really meant was um, and how she's not replacing her and she doesn't love anybody more or less. Everybody's – it's a different but not – I don't love anybody more, blah, blah, blah. So Kylie still feels bad but she feels there's a lot of 
new because she feels like there's a lot of new things in Justine's life, like a new marriage, a new baby, and that means that their relationship is going to have to change, which is not what she wants. So back with the rest of the group, Michael is telling uh, telling everybody about his how his family was directly like, please don't go have more babies. So he's feeling guilty and anxious around not telling them yet. So after ice cream, they're all back home and they decide the time is now to – well, Justine decides that the time is now to FaceTime his mom. So he really doesn't like telling his mom all this big news over the phone. But by the time they'll be able to get to Rhode Island after his probate, his first you know step of his parole is over, it'll be two months. And by that time, you know it's like you didn't tell me for two months and Justine will look like the bad guy. So Michael knows that there's some residual animosity from the cookout, which is why he – and didn't want to rock the boat again so soon. So she knows that he, she, meaning his mom, knows that he's got some big news because it's like, why are you calling me? Why are we on FaceTime? It's like, hi, mom. We just wanted to, she's like, what's up? What's up? What's up? Something's wrong. So she thinks they're playing it first when they tell her. Like, are you kidding me? And then tries to switch to Spanish uh, while they're talking on the phone so that <laughs> she can talk to Michael and not have Justine understand. But he shuts that down um, and just does, if you can say it to me, you can say it to her. And what she says is that she wants a paternity test. <laughs> so Michael says he's not going to do that again because apparently for all of his kids, she's secretly gotten a paternity test done. Yeah. <laughs> he says that she is once bitten, uh, I guess, five times shy since her brother had a situation where he was raising a child that wasn't biologically his. So Justine is justifiably insulted that she would ask for such a thing and has to leave the room because she's so mad. Uh, Maria, which is the name of Michael's mom, uh, thinks that having the baby is just a bad idea and it's too soon. But Michael doesn't budge, saying, nope, I'm happy. I wanted this baby. And you're not Maury Popovich. <laughs> so Michael anticipates there's going to be a lot of tension with his mom for a while. So then we get to the title card and it tells us that they're planning a, quote, big move after the baby is born. And Michael is still trying to work on his mega hit before the baby comes out comes in seven months. So this was pretty – you know, close to at least here, maybe maybe it was filmed relatively recently, or maybe they're going to come back and there's more you know footage of him because I'm not exactly sure who's coming back next week. Uh, but I don't know. What did you take it in terms of how they handled things with his mom? Uh, I mean, the best that they could. I think Michael. One thing that might have helped Justine to feel a little bit better is Michael calling out the fact, like that his mom doesn't trust anyone right yeah. because of what happened to the brother and i mean i he did certainly said something about oh we're not doing this again kind of situation but mm -hmm. i think like kind of saying it's not you it's her being paranoid of every woman yes yeah yeah it's that it's it's all every time i get a yeah well now, now that i'm halfway saying it already i was like i get situationally how it's good but it just does, seems like something I wouldn't want to tell my partners. Like, don't feel bad. All the different women I've impregnated. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I've had to get – my mom wanted to get them get a paternity test. It's I like, eh, I don't feel yeah. great about that either. Well, I mean, <laughs> mom should feel that way because, you know, and not even just because of the women, but like Michael had two kids like at the same time. Yeah. So he was messing around with two different women too. So it's like, well, he's not exactly an angel either. We should probably verify. Yeah, and it's un and at the end of the day though, it's if that's what Michael wants, then that's what Michael wants. It's mm -hmm. not Maria's business. And if Michael wants to raise a baby that's not biologically his, 
that's none of her business either. Right. Like, if he has, if he's like, I don't care if the baby's not mine, I'm going to raise it. Then why do we need a paternity test? Right. But I could also see Marie being like, that's not my real grandchild. So I'm not going to love it as much. Uh, that's which is gross. Yeah. But you know, like there's people like, that, oh, that's there not are, part of my and bloodline I think they're or whatever. Gross, bad people. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I could see her kind of doing something like that. Mm, she's not my, that's not my blood. Yeah, goodness. <laughs> All right, so we are going to see quite a few of these characters uh, pretty soon. Uh, I know we've got uh, Michael and Justine. We've got uh, Derek and Monique. Uh, I want to say we have Eris and Cameron. Is um, that right? Maybe. I don't know. It would make sense because – because and it, just because their title cards were like mm-hmm. not – very short. They were very short, but they were also like, well, Cameron was supposed to come to Florida in two months, which means if it – like, I feel like they filmed this more than two months ago, oh, right? Oh, sure, sure. And so I feel like, well, there's more stuff that they have filmed that goes in between when we when this aired and, and when their title card ended. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I think there are quite a few couples. I want to say like – I mean, they showed Puppy and Amber, so technically you kind of see that as like one couple – Mm-hmm. Like one segment, but it looks like they had like eight individual separate couples, and that's a lot for this show. Ugh, saw Brittany and Marcelino are on again. Oh my god! And it's just like, didn't you all break up? Like, wasn't that how we left it last? No, like, we left it with like they actually he moved in the title card. He moved to Florida with her. Oh right. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, which that was like. So was the whole thing fake? It was very. Oh man, that was yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, gosh. All right. So, but it is the end of the season of Love After Lockup. So that means we're going to go through our power rankings. So who was your number one? Uh, I, I, I went with Travis. Okay. Not too far off. Yeah, Travis I, was my I, I number two. I feel like the top, my top three or so, could I could have put him in any order, right? Yeah. Um, I, I could have I gone aloud. I just, I feel like he actually tried hard. He uh-huh. defended his partner when she needed defending. Yes. He kept a clean head about what needed to happen and what they needed right? to do. You know, have like, well, we have solutions. And I think he handled her emotionally as best he could have. Yes. Even though it was a lot to handle. So I just, right. I don't know, that, I can't think of too much that he did that was like really wrong. And I don't think he did anything wrong other than being a convicted felon, you know? And even <laughs> sure. then, he admits that he's probably the worst convicted felon ever because he talked about how uh, he had gotten caught at anything he's ever done illegally. So, right. yeah, I mean, I sure. really think this is a guy who has uh, very, very good chances. Uh, I would be very disappointed if he goes by the way of Josh you know, who we thought was also on a good track and like had really good chances of staying out of prison. Uh-huh. Um, I would be very surprised if Travis went back to prison. It seems like he's got the support system with his mom. It seems like mm-hmm. he's making good decisions, you know, and he seemed like a pretty like nice and decent guy. Very thoughtful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So my number one was actually Michael, because I think the difference to me why Michael kind of like edged Travis out a little bit was Michael was pretty good at kind of trying to smooth things over with people. I really liked how he dealt with Justine's mom. You know, being like, okay, well, Justine was in the wrong and, you know, I totally get where you're coming from. I mean, you know, and he had a lot and I felt like he was also like Travis trying to make things work with the whole family life and, 
you know, being the stay at home dad. So I went with Michael, number one, Travis, number two. So who is your number two? My number two was Justine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I just again, I don't know of things. She had that little bit of attitude with his mom at the beginning, yeah. which I mean, was probably the worst thing she did. Well, the second worst thing she did. I think a lot of it comes down to and this is you can see where I fall because I said Justine first. Who's mm-hmm. to blame for her quitting her job? Oh, yeah. <laughs> because that was the other thing that I didn't like about what they did. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, they handled their conflicts. They had conflicts. They yeah. pretty much smoothed them over and came to actual resolutions um, right. where they did it. So I thought both of them were pretty good. I just edged Justine above. Well, that's funny that you should say that because I I actually blame Justine for quitting her job. And that's why she was a little lower for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So who is your number three? So my number three was Michael, mm-hmm. um, just because, and it was like most of the things you said, I just kind of put more of the blame on why did she quit her job on sure. on him. Yeah. So yeah. So my number three was actually Skylar. Um, I feel like she had really good intentions. I felt like she was being really honest about her situation. Um, you know, she's been through a lot. Uh, she's trying to do the right things. Um, I just think that she's got a very terrible partner, so it doesn't yeah. always make her look so great either. Yeah. I mean, I have Skylar a bit lower. I don't mm-hmm. know that any of what you said was wrong, but I have some other things to throw in there. So my yeah. number um, – so that was your number three? Yeah. So my number four was Eris. Okay. So not too far behind. So my number four was Justine. hmm Yeah. So Eris, I think she was mostly – Fine. I'm I'm, I'm trying yeah. to think of like the things she specifically did that I didn't like. Besides, well, like, I mean, sucking really... it up the day after to like go oh. out, and I get that she was sick, but you know, yeah. it's like, well, he does have a point. Like, it's kind of a special occasion. You should be meeting the family. Yeah, and I think that's a drinking enough family that if you went there and just be like, guys, I'm totally hungover. I can't yeah. even. At least like... they could see you made an <laughs> yeah. effort. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, it's a little bit like that. A little bit of. You know, kind of anytime people bring in a daughter into a thing and like, you know, just leaving them. I'm always a little meh, meh, meh about, about, the, about that. She didn't seem like a bad mom. I'm not going to say she's a bad mom because she, oh, when no. she was with her daughter. She seemed fine. She says, Every time it's like, oh, I left my daughter alone in Florida so I could come up here is a little. Uh, yeah, that ooh, part didn't sure. sound so great. And then yeah. also her <laughs> fashion choices. Of yeah, her the, the boob shirt. ring yeah. uh, <laughs> T-shirt was an odd choice. Sure. And she's yeah. getting on Cameron's case about being a good role model. It's like, eh, okay. Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right. Uh, who was your number five then? So you – my number five was, is Ashley. Okay. Um, and that one is kind of – I feel like that one is one I'm a little bit less sure of, but I'm trying well, to think I had of – I had Ashley as my number six. So, I mean, we're kind of just like one down from one yeah, another yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, but it was, like, it was like she cried a lot. Yes. And, and that was annoying, but it, that doesn't make you a worse person, right? Um, I think for me, the crying and then trying to act like nothing's wrong and put it on Travis. Yes. Yes. That bothered me. Yeah. No, I definitely was bothered by her idea of like, well, I've been taking care of it. Now it's your turn. It's yeah. like, that's not how relationships work. Right. <laughs> Let me like, play in the pool and act like I'm still in Florida and nothing's wrong. It's like, what's yeah. wrong with you? And you and you can handle this. It's like, yeah. I, I can handle the problem that you created or right. like that you've been dealing with. That's it's yeah, it's it, 
it was definitely, yeah, her, her attitude of you handle this and not we'll figure out a way to handle this. That was that was off putting. Yeah, I just I think it was just her inability to cope with things. And that was very irritating through this entire season, which is why it bothered me every time she cried. It's like it was very hard for me to have sympathy for her because it's like, I don't know if you're really crying because you're upset about something, but I think it's more so you're crying because you can't cope with this situation. And it's like, that's like fundamentally something you need to work on because this is life. You got to cope with life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. Yep. All right. So who was your number five? Uh, my number five was Eris. Uh, my okay. number six was Ashley. So who was your number six? My number six was that's where I put Skylar. OK. So I, I I just think that she did. You know, I think she's trying to do things OK. I think she messes up in a lot of places. I think I don't think she's as innocent in the fights with Nathan as she wants to think she is. Mm -hmm. um, like. He broke her phone and then she smashed his phone and yeah. she, she's like, oh, we were totally both drunk and all things. And then also like she knows he's terrible. Yeah. And like acknowledges it to her mom and like says things. And then next thing you know, he just like he pats her on the back and is like, I love you, baby. And she's like, yeah, I'm back. Like we're good. <laughs> and it's like, but you're not good. You barely even like this guy. Like I don't yeah. understand what she's doing. And so that 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 kind of those I don't – what are you even doing here things. Right. And also you're getting drunk and fighting. And, and at the restaurant, I think she was – purposely trying to antagonize him um, yeah. with the answering the phone and stuff in his in his face. What are you even mad about? Oh, my God. Like, so yeah. that's why she's lower on my list. Right. Okay. So it looks like the first half of our list is the same and the <laughs> right. second half of our list is the same, but, you know, slightly <laughs> different order, I'm sure. So who is your number seven? Uh, I went with Cameron. Okay. Just because, I mean, he – I feel like – Okay, he did a couple things wrong, but they were always drinking, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, they were always drinking, and you know, drinking and getting thrown back in in prison was yes. bad. Yeah, drinking and getting things, but I mean, I don't know. I just, I also feel bad. I've been like, I don't know. Maybe this guy is a part of your. Maybe they gave him a bad edit, and they're like, wow, this guy got drunk twice in a year, and they were like, both times he was on camera. We're gonna put him on camera, make him look bad. He's a little goofy for my taste. Um, yeah, in terms of like wanting, if I was like a person I wanted to hang out with. But right. I just feel like what he wasn't and what everybody else down below him is, is he's not a manipulator. He's like showing you who he is and just being yeah. like, this is it. If you want this, that's fine. If it's not, this is what I am. Here I am. Yeah. To be honest, Cameron was my number eight, but I don't really know why I put Monique above him because <laughs> out of the two of them, Cameron is certainly more of a likable character than sure. yes. Monique is. But I had Monique as number seven, mostly because there were parts where I'm like, eh, I kind of feel bad that, you know, the sisters really have put her through a lot. They've been like very, very outright mean and there's no one in this season, I mean, other than, I guess, Chris and Gabby, that have really been subjected to the kind of abuse Monique has put up with. But at the same time, Monique is not an angel herself. I'm not saying that she deserved to be, uh, you know, verbally abused and terrorized by the sisters, but she has her own separate different faults that came out to annoy and harass other people as well. So, Oh, no. You know. And she – the sisters aren't coming out of nowhere at her. Right. Like she is antagonizing them. And yeah. saying, what do you want to – you in love with your brother? You're trying to be in a relationship with your brother, aren't you? And they're like, <laughs> shut up. Like it, so 
yeah. it's not like she's on completely innocent in the in the online squabbles that they're having. Right. Um, now, do I think that they are worse than her and them? Yeah, because they say gross shit to her. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and but then you get the, the she doesn't trust her partner. Right. Yeah. You got granny cam stuff. Right. Right. You got her tracking his location all the time. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I just don't like her voice. She I is know. whiny all the time. Like she everything is. she says sounds like she's whining. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why I had Monique a seven. Um, yeah. So Monique was my eight. Lapse. Okay. So, so we, we just yeah. switched them. But yeah. I agree. Like Karen more likable than Monique. Okay. So uh, that was our seven and eight. So uh, number nine. Who Jeff for number nine? I said Gabby. Um, okay. I don't like her. Um, she committed crimes at some point sure. that she's going to get arrested for. Sure. She toyed with – she did toy with Chris this whole time. Right. Like she's just not a good person. But yeah. there, there's worse people around. Right. Uh, so my number nine I put is Nathan. Uh, the reason why I put Nathan is number nine is I feel like the reasons why I don't like him are mostly speculative, right? Okay. It's like nothing that he we have really seen. It's either hearsay from Skyler, just creepo vibes that we get ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, his lack of being truthful or upfront, or wanting to like speak about something. So because he has this like secretive side, you know, I interpret that as shady. So a lot of like the things I feel like are more speculative than they are like we've seen we've him be seen a terrible this. person. Fair enough. Fair enough. I have him a little bit lower, but yeah. So we can, we can get to that when I get to him. So that yeah. was our nines. Yep. All right. So 10, my 10 was Derek. Okay. Um, because he's lying all the time. Like oh, he's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, sure. always just—I have no no idea what's going on. He's lying. She, his partner completely lost her shit and had a nervous breakdown over this right. car chase, and he knew who it was. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, I'm gonna let her think it's my sister's. That's fine. Yeah. I'm gonna go. He's just—he—he's manipulative. He's a manipulative liar who's like not even loyal to the person that he's locking it down because she was so loyal to me. So, right. Yeah. He, right. I don't like it. Yeah, so actually I did something interesting that I've never done, but I kind of just lumped together Chris and Gabby. <laughs> like they are one terrible entity. And who's to say like what the truth is exactly? Um allegations on both sides. So I just said, "Hey, both yeah, of them that'd be fair. both of them yeah. are terrible." So they're my 10 and 11 as a group. Yeah. Okay, so my 11 then is uh, – my 11, that's where I put Nathan. And mm-hmm. I kind of went back and forth. First of all, I think he – I don't like how he – I feel like he's trying to play us, right? Yeah. And I think that's probably the b- biggest thing is him being – putting on this, oh, I'm just a – I'm really good and I'm good at doing – and then the second anything goes wrong, he's completely losing his shit, right? Yeah. And then it kind of goes with when I, I ranked Emily at the lowest because if you're going to get on the show and tell me I don't want to talk about that – then no, you don't get to be on the show. That's awful. You're, you're on the pass. We're not going to say anything about that. Like, no, you don't get to do that. That's not how the right. show works. Yeah. Uh, my number 12 was Derek. Um, I think he was the worst this season because of, uh, you know, just he's playing Monique. 
Um, I don't really even get his relationship with his family. It seems like he loves them one second and is like, fuck you the next second. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just like, I feel like he just has this volatile relationship with everyone. His whole thing about like, you know, uh, how he was trying to behave and convince Monique to go out like to the casino. It's like this dude is going to get right back into the lifestyle, like as soon as Monique exits, you know. And so it's like when we see life after lockup, I feel like we're going to see uh, a little bit more of him living more independently from Monique. Uh-huh. And we're going to see that he's pretty much just running the same game again. I, I believe that he does. I just think, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I he, we talked about how you said Travis would be you'd be surprised if. He ended up back in prison. I think, Mm -hmm. Derek, I would not be surprised even a little bit. I wouldn't. In fact, if I were to give most likely to go back to prison, Derek or Cameron. Okay, maybe so, despite the fact that Chris is actually back in prison. Oh, oh, I kind of forget about them because we haven't, uh, you (laughs) know, um, covered them for a few weeks since they left. That's why I have. That's why I put Chris last. So, you know, full disclaimers, I'm just doing this based on. What we know from what was said on the show, nothing right. about any kind of social media or things. I haven't been paying attention to any of that. So yeah. I don't know the full things. But if you're going by the narrative as set by the show, mm-hmm. you're in jail for DV. You're last on my list. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. All right. So uh, we will be back next week with the old cast. Yeah. Most uh, old, the new old cast. Some. Yes. Yeah. Hangovers, but I'm yes. interested in a couple of these. What are you looking forward to most? I mean, I want to see. Hmm. I guess I kind of want to see where Monique and Derek, how that goes, and how quickly that yes. that goes. Yeah. Like, um, and then other than that, I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of who I'm interested in. That they're bringing back from older seasons, and I mean, man. I I am interested to see Puppy and Eric. Um, sure. I think because they were such kind of like this, I don't know, messed up couple in a lot uh-huh. of ways, but they're just hanging on. And it's just like, I don't know. I just really want like her to listen to Amber and to get away from this seemingly toxic relationship. So, yeah, yeah, I can see that. All right. So we'll cover that everybody, all those people next week. Well, we'll okay. probably not all of them because you said if there's eight people, it's probably yeah, going to be like half one few. week and half the other week, right? Well, I saw the sneak peek or whatever. So we'll definitely be seeing Lindsay and Blaine. Okay. Next that week. That one's interesting too. I wonder if Lindsay is capable of actually having a relationship with anybody. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see because yeah. their whole sneak peek is that Blaine might be going to prison like soon for like 12 years. Oh my God. I know. So she was like, wait, wait, what? I did not sign up for this. Yeah. It's crazy so. how that happens, huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll be back uh, next week then. All right. Until see you then. later then. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.